Brian. I'm Dave. And I'm Jeff. This is Preview with a Prior. The show where we speculate about the upcoming episode of Better Call Saul. Often incorrectly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. This is Preview with a Prior for episode 305. Uh, thanks to all of our new listeners from the TV Showtime app. It's good seeing you guys. Please make sure that you're subscribing uh, and that you're sharing with your friends, everybody else who has been with us for a while. Uh, please make sure you do the same. You can check Dave, Jeff, and I out on our Nothing Important podcast where we talk to celebrities and other notable people who are more famous and successful than we will ever be. Uh, also, uh, Jeff and I are working on a podcast that we'll probably release sometime next week. It's going to be a little bit different Mate, for yeah. you, Jeff. You're, you're going to have to do the second mic duties, man. I'm sure I can figure it out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm going to move over. I'm going to move over to either third mic or I might not even participate in a lot of the conversations, but I still have to edit it. Mm-hmm. So I will still get to hear it. <laughs> I'm kind of interested to see what you guys do without me. You'll, you'll be like, uh, like the guy in the booth, like on, on, like on real radio shows when like it has like the two hosts and they, they always talk to the guy in the booth, but, um, but he, he yeah. can't really respond. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? They're like, right. like kind of to a side. They're like, Hey Dave, what was the name of that chicken restaurant? <laughs> oh yeah, Bernie's, Bernie's chicken, like that kind of bullshit. That that'll be you for right, our right. Uh, our new podcast. But um, we have a name, we have a theme song that I, that I even uh, cut down myself, Dave. A, a temporary really? theme song, a temporary theme song, mm-hmm. temporary theme song until Dave makes us a legit theme song. Right. Yes, I will get together with my production partner Tom. We have a uh, we work under Zesty Soul Productions now. Ooh, nice and Ooh, uh, zesty. yeah, it's kind of we have a lot of fun. We've done all the Saul Goodman theme songs. For those of you guys who don't know, I made the Choke Cold Ladies that you guys heard when you come in. Yeah, or when the show opened. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's all that stuff's custom made by myself and Tom. All right, so I think what we're gonna do is. Uh... I think what we're going to do is, of course, we're going to go through uh, some of our online correspondence. I think is what we came up with. What, what we're going to um, <laughs> what we're going to call this. <laughs> Although this week it's very Twitter heavy, and it's only because we are actually recording this the day after the show aired, and so uh, we haven't gotten a lot of the back end comments from like the other other places. But we've got a bunch of good Twitter responses. Plus, I don't want to spend too much time on that because I want to give everybody out there a chance to win a copy of Why You Better Call Saul by Stephen Kelslowitz. He uh, he wrote this book. It's a, a lot about the philosophy of, of uh, the philosophical issues in Better Call Saul, uh, his relationships, and all that good stuff. He gave me a call at work the other day. We recorded it. Um, very nice guy. Big fan of Better Call Saul. And what he's going to do is uh, we're going to post a picture of the co- of the cover of the book. First three people to retweet that, he's going to send you a free copy of the book, which is super cool of him. He, re- nice. he reached out yeah. to us, and since uh, we're kind of uh, swag light this year, it was a good way for us to get at least something special in the hands of our listeners. So we're going to do... It's an the- easy way to get a physical piece of e-reading. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what we're going to do is some Twitter correspondence. We're going to give our predictions for the show. Dave actually talked with a real-life, honest-to-God lawyer. He's going to give us some insights uh, on the show that he learned from her. Right, Dave? She did, we, we weren't going to have her on. I, I don't think we're going to say her name, but she's a legit lawyer, correct? Yeah, she's a very, very good. 
She's a Kim Wexler, if you will, pulled out of the public defender's office to work for somebody personally handpicked. So she knows her stuff, and she refused to come on the show. Awesome. Because <laughs> she's one good of my best her. friend's wives, and she knows that we're stupid. <laughs> and good for her. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Probably a good career move. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up uh, preview with a prior. Uh, hopefully some people win some books, and we'll get ready to watch episode 305. So here we go. Twitter correspondence. I feel like we almost need like some sort of jingle for this. <laughs> uh, now that we have a name for it, yeah, Twitter we'll correspondence. Twitter correspondence. There you go. Everything I do is like a nineties. Kind of <laughs> All right, <laughs> from Twitter, uh, T to E to C, T to E to C from Twitter says, "I've been listening to you guys on podca- podcast attic for months." So you don't have to work on it anymore. So there you go, Dave. All you're, right. You're, uh, you, I, I hope you are assuaged. <laughs> I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell Neil, who told me to get on it, that we are on it. So find us. That's what I'm gonna tell. That's him. right. When we started doing these podcasts, I literally like anything that had, like, submit your podcast feed to it. I'm talking places like in like Russia and Africa, like anywhere I could put <laughs> put us. Uh, I did. So that's good. That's good confirmation from T to the E to C um, that we are, in fact, on Podcast Attic and TV Showtime and iTunes and YouTube and Google Play and uh, Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and, and SoundCloud. Sound, yeah, we're on SoundCloud. We're on the Podcast Detroit Network. You name it, you can find us. So there you are. All right, Joe Simonson says, I'd be willing to bet Kim gave Chuck a taste of his own medicine and taped his confession. A lot of people tossing that around, but I I, I always feel like like whatever everybody everybody comes up with, whatever idea everybody comes up with, it's wrong. And that's not because everybody's yeah. dumb. It's just because I honestly think the writers are like, man, what's the most, what are the five most obvious things people could come up with where we're going with this? <laughs> and then sure. let's just work no, really hard. That. To circumvent all that shit. I thought of that right. too right then. And then I came up with my own little plan, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we I, get into our predictions, I also have comments on that. Okay. Yeah. So John, totally totally a legit um idea. You know, kind of kind of one I tossed around, but I, I yeah, I don't know. So John yeah. John, we'll see. Um all right, Trisha Smith says, Where's the new episodes? The credits have already rolled. I guess, I guess we were a few seconds late. Trisha, because I was on that. I was publishing right at uh, 9.58 our time. I was going to say the episode actually didn't end. For me, I, I watch on Sling, mm-hmm. but the episode didn't actually end until 10.05. Ooh. And oh. at 10 o'clock, when I looked for it, it was already up. Just saying. Gotcha. Just saying. Okay, well. You- refresh. Hit that refresh button, B. <laughs> You know what I love about this though <laughs> is that uh, we we often talk about how we're the first ones out, you know. And if it be any, if we were any faster putting the episode out, we'd be live. And it, it's awesome uh-huh. that people like Trisha Smith here on Twitter um, appreciate that and, and wait for that. That's- yeah, they're holding us accountable to it, man. That makes that makes me feel good, and mm-hmm. and it's actually worth it because we wouldn't rush to put it out live if people weren't listening for another day. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Super cool. Very cool. Uh, we've been getting a lot of good. Uh, you know, feedback and such on Twitter. And this week after this latest episode, 304, I've noticed today, especially 
a lot of the people that follow our Twitter feed are kind of going back and forth and discussing with each other. Nice. Which is super cool. Nice. Right? Yeah. Because usually it's just created like, like a forum. Yeah, usually it's just it's like up steam. at us and then the comment, you know, and then like somebody will like it and then they'll be like at us and then the comment. But um, today, as I was looking through uh, Twitter and wasting time at work, a lot of times it was it was people addressing other people from our Twitter and, and just discussing the show and and having a good time talking to uh, like-minded fans, which is uh, uh, super cool. So way, way cool. So I, I tweeted out um, just real quickly. I said, it, it's awesome that you guys are talking amongst yourselves, right? <laughs> and then Chad, <laughs> yes. Chad Engel replies, well, just wait until we start tweeting each other about you and Dave. It might not be so enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring it, buddy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Take your best shot, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> They've already done it. We get ripped all the time. That's Great. true. You yep. <laughs> have like the most contentious listeners ever. Where's your podcast <laughs> at, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where's your unsuccessful podcast about a super yeah. successful TV show, guy? Yeah. How much money have you lost? <laughs> yeah, <hobby>? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do to waste your spare time, huh? <laughs> Yeah. How do you explain to your girlfriend you can't hang out tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's pretty easy. Yeah. She's a fan. <laughs> no, mine's not. So, uh, Aaron Taylor said the rule of thirds is a composition term for aligning the subject in still and moving images, not making three copies. Did we, did, yeah. is that something you brought up, Dave? I don't. I don't even remember yeah, saying yeah, anything about rule of thirds. <laughs> was that you? It was an off. It, it was an offhand comment. So you know, way to listen hard, Aaron. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, he's, and he's a frequent commenter. Yeah. So. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I didn't pick that up that you said that either. Uh, when I listened yeah. to the podcast, I thought you yeah, were referring to the rule thing. of thirds about putting things. Well, exactly like it says, uh, which you know the, the Ansel Adams type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mike, because Jimmy said it to Mike, and you know, I, I just yeah. kind of call it. Yeah, Who call Mike does hilariously, I think it was pointed out by someone else, look like Ansel Adams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? saw, it was awesome. That was in yeah. the comments feed on the uh, the TV Showtime app. Yeah, that was TV Showtime. Which is that awesome. That. Like, I've been going to that, and I love, like, people are putting up pictures and, like, like memes, basically. A lot of creative, cool yeah, pictures. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there that shows up. Right. Yeah. And it, we could make a whole show dedicated to that, but that's just another <laughs> Right. <laughs> we only have so much time to waste people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carl Peluso said, nice catch on Mike refusing the ice cream. Totally missed that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Carl. Thank you. Way to go. Carl. Yeah. I usually, I, I do get involved in some of the threads, but usually the threads that Brian starts to the, the show app. But yeah, I got a little shout out there for catching the ice cream joke because I nice. love her shit. See? Very I, nice. I totally glossed over that. Like I said, I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, he just doesn't want ice cream. <laughs> this weekend, I was hanging out, and my phone starts lighting up. This is like, my wife had to leave early for work, like 5 in the morning. So this is like 5.30 in the morning after my wife left for work. My phone starts going crazy with the text. And I thought, oh, man, you know, something happened. She's in an accident. Her traffic's really bad. So... I go to my phone and my my phone is actually connected through Twitter. So if somebody direct messages me, it comes as a text message. Uh, and it was our, okay. our our listener from Australia, Mad Cat uh 
I'm trying to pronounce his name, Mad Cat Joe 2.0 from Australia, <laughs> texting me drunk because he's watching the episode of Better Call Saul and like live live tweeting the show to me. <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm drunk and it's 10 o'clock on Saturday here, like Saturday night. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great because it's 5.30 in the morning Saturday here. So, so, but that's hilarious. Yeah. But I hung out with Mad Cat Joe and then I eventually fell asleep. But, uh, but, uh, Mad Cat Joe, uh, big props. And, uh, he participates a lot on, um, on our Twitter feed. And it was, it was just kind of awesome that he was just, <laughs> that he was just stoked about our podcast, which he says is awesome to listen to when he's doing work around the house. And he was watching Better Call Saul drunk. And just had to tell me about it. So thank you, Mad Cat Joe 2.0. <laughs> woot woot. So did you ask him to tell you what the future's like? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> he's, he's living the dream. All right. In the year 2000. <laughs> well, it's only like seven hours into the future. But... <laughs> yeah. Right. So enough with the Twitter correspondence. Let's go. Show productions. If anybody's watched the, uh, the next time, um, Better Call Saul. The main thing that I picked up from that is... Um, they appeared to show one of the pictures that Mike took. Did you guys catch that? Did they? Yeah. Yeah, no. kind of. It, it was kind of weird because they, they did that thing where it's like just like a voiceover and they're flashing random pictures. But the one time, uh. the one time the dialogue corresponded with what it was showing, Jimmy was holding a black and white printed out picture and he said something to the effect of, does this seem like a well-adjusted person to you? Oh, that's right. right. Okay, I did catch that. I didn't realize that was a picture Mike took. Yeah, well, I, I'm okay. assuming. Yeah. I'm assuming. This is preview yeah. with a prior. You know, so it's quite possible this is incorrect. <laughs> but so, <laughs> I'm assuming. Very possible. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm assuming that that is one of the pictures that uh, Mike took when he was, I guess, in the house fixing the door. Found that interesting. So maybe that's the answer that we can go with is that he was just taking random pictures of the house to show how crazy Chuck is because that is not the house of a normal person. See, but again, that seems like the obvious answer, you know, like I feel like it's preview with the prior supposed to be wrong. Yeah. But what I would say is, you know, so he's in the house mm -hmm. taking pictures, obviously who's to say, especially if the legal precedent for the bar association is a lot lower. Mm hmm as was stated by Chuck, uh, that Saul didn't take those, sorry, Jimmy didn't take those at a different time that was there because you have the picture in the, the more damning one, especially if you're, if he's trying to, which is part of my preview or thoughts is that they're trying to make Chuck sound crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and danger to himself. So they took the one picture that they showed was the lamp the gas lamp on top of a stack of old newspapers. Mm -hmm. And I don't right. know if they were old, like if, if they wanted to look at the dates, you know, and see that they were that day, whatever. But if they were sitting there for a while, they look yellowed. Mm -hmm. That's all I was going to say is they look yellowed. So they mm -hmm. looked a little older. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Dave thought so that's where I think the whole, Oh, Oh, sorry, Jeff, go ahead. So that's where I think the whole thing was going toward is that the legal defense in my two-episode prediction that it's going to be Law & Order-style legal stuff. Bum, bum. Is, is, uh, or L.A. Law. I said L.A. Law. I apologize. I'll correct myself before someone else does. Um, is that 
they're looking for a way out, and what they're going to do is they're going to try to show to the bar association that Chuck is not of right mind, mm-hmm. and they're going to use all this stuff Ooh. to bring that up. You know, uh, I didn't think about them taking Chuck to the bar like that. Yeah, like maybe Jimmy's ultimate, or maybe a goal they could have is to get Chuck disbarred. <laughs> right, and that's actually that's exactly what I was thinking is they're going to try to get Chuck now involved for one, number one. Uh, obviously, he's there to defend his case and try to get Jimmy disbarred. But during the same time, they're going to show that he is not of right mind to be an attorney. Mm. So they're going to try mm-hmm. to get him disbarred kind of at the same time. Or it's just mm-hmm. going to happen because they've showed that he's not of right mind anymore. Mm-hmm. So they're going to temporarily take it off or whatever. Because um, that's why their meeting out in the hallway where Kim was talking to... uh Jimmy and PFAB, <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, P-Fab, I, I think, P-Fab. you know, that just, it, whether she recorded it or not, because the recording we already kind of blew out as that's probably not going to happen, just proved to her yeah. that, yeah, he recorded it. And why would someone record something like that if they were already an attorney and knew it couldn't be used as evidence? Mm. Right. They're just recording it for their own crazy reasons to kind of bring up stuff and, and be crazy. Mm-hmm. Character assassination. Basically. Exactly. Solid. Okay. That along That's with pictures, I think, is going to do that. Say he's a crazy, paranoid person. And then long term, Chuck's going to lose his license. Chuck's not going to be able to do stuff. Yeah. And he's going to be seen as crazy. And then he's going to kill himself and somehow. Or he's going to burn his house down. One of the two because of the gas lamps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I predict suicide by cop. There you go. Suicide by cop. Yes. Seems yes. Most reasonable. <laughs> All right. He's going to get into um, a car that has a battery mm-hmm. and just drive. So, I guess so again. Well, this leads me into my conversation. I'll get a little bit into the conversation with the lawyer I had. Because um, there's talk about with Kim taped her conversation with Chuck and turned the tables. Chuck didn't do anything wrong. I know, and I saw some arguments between some commenters about, uh, you know, well, Chuck can trap Jimmy. No, you can't because only officers of the law. Not officers of the court. Officers of the law can entrap somebody. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he set Jimmy up to do that, but there's no legal ramifications on Chuck for doing that. And yes, the tape is inadmissible because it's hearsay, which I know the laws have been changed recently, but this is takes place in 2006. Also in another state, this is an Illinois attorney. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically, and there's nothing significant, particularly legally, about Chuck making a duplicate and Jimmy destroying the duplicate. So, but I think that's a big deal since she said bingo. Um, maybe some character stuff, but legally, there's nothing. Yeah, like you can't admit the tape. Who cares if you made a duplicate and Chuck didn't really do anything? Well, wrong maybe they could, Maybe they're gonna play their both their dual illegally recorded tapes against each other, so that way they're both non-admissible. They're both the same degree of non-admissibility. Oh, like okay. That. Okay. Non-amissibility. That's seven syllables. <laughs> Sixty yeah. thousand dollar word. I, I actually think it's a word. Wow. I'm not sure, but uh, inadmissibility. Yeah. In, inadmissibility. Inadmissibility would be a word. Yeah. Another. Yeah. All right. Well, solid. Look at that. See. Once again. That's right. Disestablishmentarianism. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anti-disestablishmentarianism. Mm-hmm. To, to call back to a PFAB conversation we had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, lastly, I'd like to discuss real quick if you guys saw the the extended preview for 
uh, next week's show, which is just uh, Kim Wexler telling the folks at the Mesa Verde Bank page, and um, I forget her dad's name, Mr. Verde. I don't know. <laughs> yes, Mr. Green. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Green. <laughs> Tell From Clue. <laughs> From the Spanish version That's of Clue. That's not her dad. What? That's the owner. <laughs> Paige is like a liaison or something, right? I thought I thought the owner was her dad. I don't think I don't think that's ever no, been said. I, I think I think it's her dad because that's how she got the job, and that's what helped Kim get the job. Is because so, she was so a law Paige school with the daughter of Mister Verde. <laughs> Mr. Anyway, Who my murdered immediate. people with El Revolver in La Baño. <laughs> <laughs> El Candelabra mm-hmm. in yes, El Baño. Yes, El Candelabra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to jump on this one. So, and I think... Kim, no, what? hear me out, fool. Kim uh, oh. lets them know about the current court case with Jimmy and tells them that your, your old attorney, Chuck McGill, has levied allegations against his brother Jimmy McGill that may come to the public because of Chuck's like prestige and mm-hmm. that might affect them because Kim is their lawyer and then of course it cuts off where you know she says if you're if you're don't forget don't forget she says she shares an office with Jimmy yeah yeah she does say they're office mates mm-hmm. and because that could have some implications right she's giving them a heads up like, right, hey, right. Th- like, hey, this might become a public, a public thing, or at least like in certain circles, it, it most definitely would. I'm sure the uh, lawyer community of, of, uh, of Albuquerque out there, you know, would be talking, talking about this particular instance. Right. The ABQLC. Yeah. So Dave, what'd you have to say about it then? So well, he, the, the dude, Mr. Verde, <laughs> like he kind of has the senior green. <laughs> Senior Green, he kind of has this look, and it's 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 a leading kind of a look, like almost comes off as like disappointing, or it really gets his wheels turning, like hmm. Um, and I think because they that's like they do like a cliffhanger, and I think he's just gonna ask more questions, and I my prediction is he doesn't care. He might question the fact like did, did would he have done this for you or something, but I think they're just gonna let it go. Of course, there's other previews that show that they're in court with the same people, so she is still their lawyer. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to have the impact. It's it's a it's a red herring. I think it'll be one of them classic like TV tropes where she or green a Verde herring. (laughs) Ah. I think it'll be one of them classic TV tropes where she tells them about whatever potential trouble she may be causing, and then it's like a big like tense moment where it looks like that's going to ruin everything. And then he's just going to pat her on the back and be like, well, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, Kim. You've been good to us. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. And then she like breathes a sigh of relief. And then that's, that's the end of the scene. What that's I was kind thinking, of the, a better way of putting what I said. Yeah. What I was thinking of totally <laughs> off that was they're going to go the other way and they're going to be like, Ooh, well, this is going to look bad for us, even though you've done so much work and this has been your whole life for months. Mm-hmm. And she's going to end up losing the case. Ah. She's going to end up losing it, which is going to send her kind of on a downward spiral. And that's going to ultimately lead to, you know, part of her outfall with Jimmy or since, you know, she's obviously not in Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. 
Right. It's going to start that downward spiral since they've been going up and up and up so much. You know that those uh, those riders have to have a way to get them go down, 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 mm-hmm. potentially. Unless the they thing, end up, and she's always been a background character that Jimmy talks about or doesn't <laughs> talk about. I guess to say in Breaking Bad, which I haven't seen, so I don't know. She's never <laughs> she's never mentioned in Breaking Bad, but so I have and I have two ways to think about that because you know I always say she's going to die, but in all honesty, like either or Jimmy slips so far into Saul. That Kim separates because she's honorable, mm. or that's not Vince Gilligan's mo. Like it's all dark. Like everything is about characters falling, so she right. might fall. You may be right on that. Also, all right, good. She could very well be in the Breaking Bad timeline, just some happy honorable lawyer that's successful in you know exactly anywhere. in the in the same area or moved away or something. Yeah, she just got away from him when it got yeah. bad. Or um, in current time, while Gina's working at the Cinnabon, she might be working at the Piercing Bagoda. Maybe, maybe they both. Yes, are leading a black. And maybe white she. Life. That she would probably. Be... It's Kim Wexler. She probably owns that Piercing Pagoda. Right. <laughs> that would be crazy if one of their uh, one of the black and white shots is like they do just they meet up for lunch or something, mm-hmm. or like they like shoot like That'd a flirty be... look like across the across the uh, corridor yeah. of the mall. Yep. All right. Well, what do you guys think? Make sure to let us know on Twitter, Facebook, and anywhere you can contact us here at It's All Good Man. Uh, it's all goodman.com, nothing important podcast.com. And before we go, uh, make sure to keep an eye on Twitter because I am going to tweet out the cover of Why You Better Call Saul, what our favorite TV lawyer says about life, love, and scheming your way to acquittal and a large cash payout by our new friend of the show, Stephen Kelsowitz, who I did have to ask how to pronounce his name <laughs> <laughs> i have one more one more thought go that i had to get out yeah nothing that happens guarantees jimmy's disbarment keep that in mind too that was exactly. one, another thing i asked my lawyer even if he's convicted of a felony it's not a guaranteed disbarment and if he if it gets reported to the bar association there might not even be any ramifications from that it's just a black mark on your record ah nice all right. Yes, sir. Good insight. Thank you so much to uh, Dave's mystery lawyer friend <laughs> for, for the insight. <laughs> Thank you to uh, Stephen Kelsowitz for uh, giving three of our listeners the opportunity to win a copy of Why You Better Call Saul. Thank you, Jeff and Dave, for hanging out with me this evening. And thank you for everybody on TV Showtime and all the other various places that you can find our podcast for participating. We love that shit. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and it makes... Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, we're doing this yep. for free and it makes it completely worth it. Please make sure that you watch Better Call Saul episode 305 this Monday on AMC, I believe 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, because our podcast will be published right as the credits roll. If we were any faster, we would be lost. On the Someone Important Hotline is Steve Kesselwitz. He is the author of uh, Why You Better Call Saul, What Our Favorite TV Lawyer Says About Life, Love, and Scheming Your Way to Acquittal, and a Large Cash Payout. Stephen, uh, thank you for calling in to It's All Good, Man. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad that you're here. Uh, first off, before we get into the Better Call Saul book, I saw that you wrote the uh, 
the Dow of Jack Bauer, and uh, and the world according to The Simpsons. So um, you have a lot of experience writing books around pop culture. Right. Uh, that's kind of been my thing. Uh, pop culture author, and I'm also an attorney. So when the show Better Call Saul came out, it was sort of a combination of all of my worlds, uh, being a lawyer and writing about pop culture. So a uh, kind of a perfect fit. That's great that you're a lawyer. I, I, I have friends who are lawyers, but none of them watch the show for whatever reason. So that's, so, uh, so as a lawyer, and I'm, I'm sure it's addressed in your book as a lawyer, um, can you identify with, with like a lot of the characters on better call Saul? Absolutely. So I used to work at a firm, uh, kind of just like HHM, uh, mm-hmm. I worked there for about six years. Uh, and I'll tell you that the show, uh, really is a realistic portrayal of, of how the politics work there, you know, Kim doing doc review and, you know, the long hours and, uh, sort of the dreariness of it also. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think is a very realistic portrayal, something I, I talk about in the book and, and Ray Seahorn herself, when I spoke to her, sort of also spoke to that. Um, and I think it just goes, dovetails with everything else the show does in terms of being realistic and, uh, portraying life in a, a way that other shows don't. Now, in, in your own real life as a practicing lawyer, what, what kind of law do you practice or, or do you want to say? Sure. Not, uh, intellectual property. I was going to say you're, you're, a, you're a public person, so I don't see why you would have an issue with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Very, very cool. Now, do you do you have any uh, uh, goofy characters that surround you, like lawyers with uh, big egos or like, uh, you know, like uh, we just saw DDA Oakley in one of the kind of uh, somebody that you kind of have like an antagonistic relationship with? <laughs> well, so uh, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, when I was at the law firm, um, you deal with a lot of different personalities. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of known. Um, you're in a very intense environment, and uh, I mean, you see, with even watch Kim with all the documents and the rush to get things done. Uh, I was in, a, I'm in New York, so it's it's really sort of top of the game, you know, mm-hmm. pressure stuff. Um, where I'm at now, I, I I work at a large insurance company in-house, and it's just such a friendly, amazing environment. So it's been nice to transition. It's given me more time to write. Actually, I started this book right as I started uh, at the new job, so. Um, yeah, in terms everybody here, there's no antagonism. It's, it's very friendly and nice and I don't go to court, so I don't have that type of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, uh, why you better call saw, uh, what our favorite TV lawyer says about life, love, scheming, and, uh, your way to acquittal and a large cash payout. So I, I'll start with that last one. What does better call, uh, saw teach us about, um, well, getting a large cash payout. <laughs> You know, I think that was a reference to his his tacky advertisements. Uh, you know, I include a whole chapter in the book um, analyzing his different ads and uh, also, you know, tying it into what attorneys actually have to adhere to. So many years ago, um, lawyers were completely prohibited from advertising at all. And mm-hmm. there was a, a moment where Chuck actually referenced the case. It was the case of uh, Bates versus the State Bar of Arizona. And he was mm-hmm. complaining to, he 
they saw one of Jimmy's ads and he said, oh, if it weren't for five justices who got that completely wrong, you wouldn't even be allowed to advertise, um, mm-hmm. which is exactly right. You know, so I write about all of that and how, um, you know, Jimmy's always making promises about um, cash payouts or suing whoever and, um, you know, winning. And there's rules like prohibiting lawyers from doing all of that. The, the idea for attorneys for, you know, whether people agree with it or not is that, a lot of attorneys um, don't want to be seen as like pandering and, you know, um, going down to the level of, of tacky advertising. And that's why Saul is so interesting. Of course, you do see those ads. You see the individual person, you know, lawyers who, who sort of mimic those ads and uh, Saul is sort of a satire and all of that. Mm-hmm. If you think about like the HHMs of the world, they're never going to do ads like that. So that was sort of the dynamic I wanted to talk about all of that. Uh, wonderful. Now, when when you were doing the book, um, you, when did you, okay? So when you when you started writing the book, um, did you use some of uh, the character of Saul from Breaking Bad as well as what we've seen thus far? Uh, at, you know, as his Jimmy McGill persona. Absolutely, uh, and that that was that was one of the really fun parts of it. You know, obviously to see Saul as he is in Breaking Bad, and to see Jimmy as he is uh, in in Better Call Saul. Um, what I did, I I, I analyzed both. Um, you know, we're obviously seeing the transformation, transition. We see some early stages of Saul um, at this point, but you know, I went full depth coverage of um, everything he did in Breaking Bad. So, for example, when I talk about um, you know some of the legal issues, some of the things he's done in Breaking Bad, um, you know, it's it's really in sharp comparison um, to what he does in Better Call Saul. So he's rising, right. you know, the meth peddling and money laundering and all sorts of things um, way over the line. And it's interesting. I, I talked about that dynamic also. Wonderful. And uh, obviously you watch uh, Better Call Saul. So what if Better Call Saul goes another three years? Are you going to are you going to update your book? <laughs> are you going to add to it? Uh, I don't I don't plan to. I actually, I plan to blog. I have a new website, a publisher created at stephenkesselowitz.com. And I'm kind of glad you asked that question about the, the timing. Um, it's something I thought a lot about, you know, when to release this book. Um, you know, it's a pretty long book, so I think one one point is if I had waited a few years, um, I don't want to have like a 600-page book out there. <laughs> the other thing is, um, I think the way that I talk about all of the issues and stuff like that, that stuff kind of doesn't change. Um, it's true that we're learning more about Jimmy, but I think it was fun to... Um, you know, speculate um, as to, you know, how we see him later, what exactly, you know, is causing the transformation. Um, and finally, uh, I've been in contact with the actors and the creative team. I asked them their opinion and they told me, you know, beginning of season three is a perfect time to release the book. So um, all of those factors, I thought it was actually well-timed and uh, having fun with it. I'm very excited about the new season. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Well, wonderful. So, uh, I guess before I cut you loose and then we, we, uh, we tell our listeners about how they can win a copy of your book. Um, you brought up that you're in contact with the staff and the creative team. And, uh, if you could do me a favor, um, on behalf of, uh, me, Jeff, Dave, and uh, all the listeners of our podcast, uh, if you talk to Jonathan Banks, tell him to get his ass on the phone because we had we had the big three uh, Bob 
um, you know, Michael McKean and Jonathan Banks trying to get them on the show. And thus far, John has eluded me. And so if you have his number, hit him up and let him know that he needs to talk to us. So I, I wish I could help there. I, I <laughs> thanks, um, and I'll tell you the story. So I was at the uh, the LA premiere of season three, uh, and I met everybody there uh, except for Gus. Gus was not there, mm-hmm. um, but I spoke to Jonathan Banks, amazing person, uh, good, really good guy. Uh, but he's, as I'm sure you know, not on social media. I don't have like a direct phone number to him. The people I talk to the most, um, Patrick Fabian, uh, we're, we're kind of good friends and, and he's a solid dude, right? Patrick is one of our all time favorite. He's, he's been on our show three times. We have a new interview coming, coming up with him in a couple weeks. And he is genuinely a nice, nice dude. Amazing guy. Uh, we had lunch uh, and just for you know two and a half hours, just talked about everything from the show to life, and uh, we keep in contact. I was actually just talking to him about fifteen minutes ago. Uh, really great person. Um, Brandon Hampton, another guy uh, who plays Ernesto. Really, yeah. Uh, he showed up at my work one day. <laughs> him and him, him and my co-host Dave. He's in Chicago working on a pilot for some other show, and then he just showed up at my work one day. I was like, "Oh, well, that's great." Yeah. So it, you know what? You know what's good is because I think, especially a lot of people that hear us, right? Because uh, me and Dave are nobodies, and um, when when we talk to all these people who you know are famous and have notoriety, uh, it seems especially with the Better Call Saul staff and stuff, I'm, I'm constantly talking about how nice they are. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, he has to say that because he's on a microphone. You know, X amount of people hear it. It's not like I could say, like, you know, Patrick Fabian's an asshole, but the guy's not, not at all. And I, like, you know, my experience with the staff and cre- or the cast and creative team is that they just seem like really genuine, friendly people. And so it makes me happy that you have a similar experience. Oh, it's it, incredible experiences with them. I mean, I spoke to Vince Gilligan just one-on-one for about 45 minutes um, at the premiere, and I'll tell you, he was just introducing me to everybody, it sort of made me feel like really part of the family, and, and just such a nice person. Um, and all the writers, I mean, really, from um, everybody that I've met, Peter Gold and uh, you know, Michael McKeon, Bob Odenkirk, everybody has just been extremely kind. They're excited about the book, which has been really nice nice. Uh, but yeah, I think that it must be a great environment to work on. And, and if, you know, since this show is so successful, I, I think that generally they're just pretty happy uh, about all of their success and, and they're excited. Um, I definitely see that with Patrick also, um, taking selfies with fans and, and everything. So um, it's, you know, great for them. I think they're really good people and uh, it's wish everyone all the best. Well, awesome. Steven, thank you so much for coming on to Saw Good Man. I can't wait to give uh, some of our listeners the opportunity to win a copy of your book. And uh, my last question for you is, uh, next time you get to go to a season premiere, you're going to remember your buddy Brian from It's Saw Good Man, right? <laughs> That's right. No, of course. Absolutely. And I'll just mention, so the book is also it is on Amazon, um, getting it to stores also and all of that. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hope to keep in touch. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. Hey, if I have a legal question, because a lot of times me and Dave, when we're recording, we debate what the hell they mean on stuff. And uh, our... Uh, our listeners are awesome because they'll just be all over us if we <laughs> if we say something wrong. But but we love that back and forth with them. You know that's part of the fun of what we do. Uh, so uh, Stephen Stephen Kesselwitz, author of Why You Better Call Saul, 
what our favorite TV lawyer says about life, love, and scheming your way to acquittal and large payout. Thank you so much for coming on. It's all good, man. And I hope we get to cross paths again in the future. Thanks, Brian. Me too. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. And then we'll cut it there. Awesome. Steven, thank you so much for calling, man. Thanks, Brian. I really appreciate it. I mean, it's a great show. And, um, you know, it's always one of the things is, is it's always hard to get just get a book out there. So I really appreciate it. It's um, really been a lot of fun. And this then some press this is probably the most fun I've had. This is great. I think, you know, you have the hardcore fans and uh, definitely reaching the right people. So uh, really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'll, I'll give you to the rest of your day and uh, we'll, we'll get this out uh, probably sometime within the next week. Great. I can't wait. All right. Talk to you. Uh, hopefully talk to you again soon. Perfect. All right. You too. Bye.